1: Well, welcome everybody. Second week of the new year. Yes. I have a question for you. Is human consciousness able to access information beyond the conventional bonds of time and space? Is thought capable of traveling outside of our heads into others? Can we actually influence others and uh, change their destinies by our thoughts? If so, what happens if we get groups of people together and use the power of the mind to help others heal, grow, evolve, or generate a life of ongoing success. Hi, this is Ken D. Foster, and I'm your host for Voices of Courage. Today, the show is titled The Courage to Explore the Power of Consciousness. This is a fascinating field, which I've been experimenting with in my life personally for about 24 years. I first started exploring this field of thought when I was broken mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. It hit a point in my life where nothing really mattered to me. It was 1992. And this is the year that I realized that my greatest thinking had left me bankrupt in all areas of my life. And I needed something more. I needed something new. So what did I do? Well, I started to read some books. I learned to meditate. I joined uh, some church groups. I started exercising, started becoming conscious of my thoughts. That's the key. And how my thoughts and emotions were connected. It was a time of great exploration for me. And quite frankly, I I really looked Anywhere I could find to find truth and wisdom, because I knew, again, my greatest thinking had got me where I was, and it wasn't going to get me out of where I was. So I started looking at esoteric teachings from the Buddhists, from the Sufis, the Christians, the Essenes. I studied Hindus and Muslims and Mormons and theosophy. Uh, I looked at Native American wisdom, and, you know, whatever came my way— that there was a sense of wisdom in the teaching. Now, for me, and maybe for some of you in the audience, you're listening to this going, oh, I don't know if I can even relate to this. My life's okay. It's going pretty good. Well, I like to always challenge everybody at the beginning of the year because, listen, if you're living in a pretty good life, why not take it to the next level? Why not take an outstanding life? Why not have, uh, not live a life of mediocrity but really live your purpose, your passion, you know? And I, I want to say this, our purposes change over time. You know, when I was young, my purpose was to build businesses and to um, have, have a family, have children. Uh, there's a lot of things going on at that lot time. And, you know, I was really driven by that. <clears throat> today, my purpose has changed. And today I find myself in a place where I'm wanting to help others and serve others to be all they can be and whatever that looks like, right? So our purpose has changed. But listen, what happened to me when I went down into that bankrupt place, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, I believe that that happens to tens of thousands of us, maybe all of us, all of us some um, at one point, we call it the midlife crisis. We call it the dark night of the soul. We call it a lot of different names, but really what it is, there's a place where our conventional thinking has stopped working. And we need to tap into a different set of sometimes values. We have to embrace our values, the ones that are really important to us. You know, I have values uh, such as family, spirituality, loyalty, compassion, love. Those are some of my driving values. And that leads me to a life that is filled with a lot of people that I surround myself that have the same values. They're, uh, They're people that are... Caring, compassionate, loving. Um, abundance is one of my values. I happen to surround myself with individuals that have created wealth and abundance in their life and also they're of service to others. So it's all kind of an inside job, isn't it? Well, I think that's what my whole point is here today. Today, the show is really about looking at your consciousness and looking about really what is what, is, what are you predominantly thinking, Right. Are those thoughts furthering your success or are those thoughts taking you away from what you really want to do? Okay? I I know when I was in my dark dark night of my soul, my life had kind of come down to um almost a 5 mile radius. I mean, I I liked to be a hermit. I didn't like to go out. I didn't like to do a lot of things at that time. I had just thought, you know, the world seems painful, it seems harsh, it seems a lot of crap going on, and I just didn't want to be part of it. But the truth was, I didn't know how to use the power of the mind. In fact, I didn't even know the faculties of the mind to really develop. So I want to tell you this in this new year. We have three faculties of mind that we have to really master. The first one is our, our, um, our wisdom, okay? Our, some people call it logic. But I, I want to say it's more than logic. We have to master and understand how to use the wisdom that's in our life. The second part of our uh, mind that we have to master is our intuitive or feeling side of our mind. We have to learn how to intuit and feel our way through difficult situations and hear that small voice so that we can really make choices that empower us and empower our families, empower our, our, uh, our companies. We have to be intuitive, and the third part of this is a place where most of us are pretty good at, but sometimes we lose it, and that's our willpower, right? So we got three faculties of mind, right? The wisdom side, the intuitive side, and the willpower side. So if one of those is out of balance, right, or you're not uh, using that in a in a proper way, what's happening is your life is shrinking; it's getting smaller and smaller. So. If you want to turn that around, we have to tune in with a higher level of consciousness to do it. I have found that anything in my life that I just, uh, let's say, I, uh, I, I want to I lose weight. I want to lose 10 pounds, right? I, now, I, I can maybe will me to lose 2 or 3 or 4 pounds, but then I have to tap into something greater than myself, higher than myself. This consciousness piece that works inside of me, to help me accomplish that. This is where I found the power of coaching lies because what happens is where there are two or more gathered with specific intentions to help one person or another move their life to a new level. What happens is that it's so funny, even in the, in the sessions themselves, I've had a lot of people, I'd, I'd ask them at the end of the session, i say, you know well, what was the greatest thing that happened to you, right? And they'll look at me and they'll say, the greatest thing that happened to me, uh, or the, the shift that happened, was that you and I sat here together. Because if you weren't in my life, if you didn't sit here with me, I wouldn't have accomplished what I needed to accomplish. I wouldn't have even thought about accomplishing what I needed uh, to accomplish. I wouldn't have taken my business or my life to a new level. Interesting what happens when there's two or more together. So I want to let uh, my audience know this. I have a, a workshop coming up. And the workshop is called Limitless. And if you're a business owner and you're an entrepreneur and you're going to make 2019 your greatest year, this workshop will deliver insight, strategy, and wisdom to drive your business to the next level. Uh, have, I, I have a guest speaker at that event. His, his name is Chris J. Abb. Uh, Chris and I have become friends. Chris sold his company broadcast.com to Yahoo for $5.7 billion. So Chris is going to come in and we're going to talk about the consciousness, his consciousness of how that happened, how he was able to accomplish that goal with um, uh, strategies and wisdom. And he's got an amazing story. So if you'd like to uh, really take your business to the next level, I encourage you to come to the workshop. Uh, tickets are available right now. They're uh, $97 online or 197 at the door. And you can sign up at kendefoster.com forward slash limitless. kendefoster.com forward slash limitless. And uh, again, I think that if you'll take some time to switch around your consciousness, things will really change for you. Okay, so coming up, my next segment, I have here in studio with me Dave Edwards. Dave's going to talk a little bit about his company and how he started this company and grew it to a multi million dollar organization with the power of thought, combined with a few actions. We'll be right back.
2: We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Confidential consultation with Ken. His wisdom, guided methods, and unique strategies will bring you to new heights and breakthrough obstacles. Visit KenDeFoster.com to set up your free confidential consultation. It's time to achieve your dreams because you deserve a successful business and a balanced, happy life. Sound great? Find out how to make this happen. Visit KenDFoster.com. That's KenDeFoster.com. KenDFoster.com. KenDfoster.com.
3: Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life, and you're not doing the things you want or love? found questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit the courage to change Everything.com. That's the courage to change Everything.com.
0: We're back with Voices of Courage. And now your host, Ken D. Foster.
2: Whatever.
1: Well, we're back. Today, we are exploring consciousness. The title of the show is The Courage to Explore the Power of Consciousness. And I want to let you know this show wouldn't be on the air except for companies like Women's Wisdom. Women's Wisdom is San Diego's premier networking and relationship building group for purpose-driven and soul-inspired female entrepreneurs. You can find them at womenswisdom.net, womenswisdom.net. I want to say this about this organization. They bring in some of the top speakers in the nation. Uh, They're in San Diego. Fortunately, a lot of uh, very amazing, wise, conscious uh, speaker, women speakers live here. So they get the top, the best of the best. In fact, one year they had every single speaker had to be on Oprah to even qualify to be there. Right. So this, uh, this week uh, is their event. So you might want to visit their page, womenswisdom.net. Also want to thank you for tuning in to Voices of Courage. If you're new to the show, we're a new type of radio called Experience Radio, where we inspire our audience to engage with us in growing your business, growing your life, taking your life to a new level. You can find us on the web at Voices of Courage.us or just ask Siri, Cortana, or Alexa to play Voices of Courage podcast. And be sure to become a subscriber to get our weekly reports, strategies, and gifts. Well... In studio with me is an amazing entrepreneur. His name is Dave Edwards, and Dave started his company in 1992 as a t-shirt business before evolving it into a cycle apparel company with $15 million in sales and nearly 200 employees. The company is headquartered in Denver, Colorado, and uh, has... uh, I remember, has uh, branches all over the world. <laughs> so, Dave, welcome to studio. Thank you, Ken. Good to be here. God, it's good to have you here, man. You know, we've we've been getting to know each other, and and um, when I heard your story and, you know, what you've done and how you've done it, and most importantly, one of the things I love is that you have your family involved in this, um, so it's a family-owned organization now. Yes, um, That's amazing. So tell me, how'd you get started in this thing?
4: It was a little bit of an accident to tell you the truth. So, um, just got involved with the bicycling industry and had a, uh, former business partner back at that time that was a very accomplished artist. And so we, uh, went to our first trade show in 1992 in Anaheim, uh, which was the inner bike show. Mm. And brought in just a few t-shirts but the t-shirt designs and the reception were received incredibly well and everything just spun off from there. Within a short amount of time we had some requests for those designs on the t-shirts to be transferred to official cycling apparel gear wear and um, at that point everything just took off um, gradually over the years but definitely continued to have momentum over time.
1: Well, you know uh, the name of the company is Primalware, and I went on your website and uh, I looked at your mission, and I just I had to read it because it's just so cool, right? It says some of us are weekend warriors, some of us are serious athletes, some of us like to jump off things, other people call cliffs, but we all share one thing: we worship at the temple of raw, wild fun, that sacred place where time stands still and stretches into infinity. At Primal, we make the clothing and accessories you need to answer that call. So you get out there and make life as fun as it can be. Fabrics that enhance your performance to T-shirts you can wear on your day off. So throw on your Primal and go play nice with the other wild, crazy animals. I just love that, man. I was like, that's cool. Thank you. you Where did that come from?
4: (laughs) That was in collaboration with a, a branding agency that we um, that we hired on a few years back and spent a considerable amount of time with them, trying to find the um, just the deep down raw message of what we're doing and why we're doing it. And that's certainly part of the message, but um, you know certainly not the entire message as far as what we're doing.
1: Well, one of the things I liked about what you're doing, Dave, is that your company, and this is what really struck me, you give back and have given back millions of dollars to charities and people that uh, are are in need. How, how is What's this business model that you have that you can succeed and others can succeed?
4: The business model was one that I developed after buying out my ex-partner about 11 years ago. And... We, we basically overnight transformed the company's mission to being one of partnership and collaboration with a number of nonprofits and charitable organizations that we've continued to work with over the years. And there's some incredibly important organizations like the Multiple Sclerosis Society, the American Diabetes Association, the the American Cancer Society... And uh, just to name a few, there, there are dozens more. But at the end of the day, our, our purpose is to work with them and make sure that everything that we're doing encompasses the ability to give them back a portion of our profits as part of the partnership and fortunately it's been able to allow us to commit millions of dollars over the past few years to these organizations through sponsorships through um, a program that we call primal gives back which is the the teams and clubs that ride in those events ride their bicycles within these these charitable events uh, as they used us, we give a portion of their purchases back to the organization as well. And we've been able to raise a considerable amount of money doing that as well.
1: I, I just think every business should have a model where they're giving back. Where did that come from? Is that, I mean, why, what, why, why, where did it come from and... I'm surprised you didn't bankrupt you, giving millions of dollars of the company away. What do the board of directors say?
4: <laughs> well, fortunately, we don't have a board of directors. Okay. and so it's it's really um, you know, to a degree, um, at least on the front end was my sole decision to move the company in that direction. And it was a little bit of an epiphany as i as I took over the company. and um, you know, at the time i I bought out my ex-partner, it was the time of the financial crash of 2008, and the the buyout was a few months prior to that. And to be honest with you, I was scared to death moving forward just due to the fact that I had just committed everything in my life to taking over this company and certainly had to look hard and deep at, at what I could do to not only have the company succeed, but to do something that mattered at the same time. And I've got an incredibly giving family. As far as the um, the overall core values of our family, my my mother and father were both uh, very, very giving people. My father passed away a couple of years ago, but my mother is still going strong in that capacity and is one of the most giving people I've ever met in my life. And fortunately, I, I believe I acquired a lot of her values in, in doing what I do. And my My belief is that everyone matters. Every person matters, uh, every family matters. And we want to do everything we can to make sure that we we change lives with with the company and with um, the collaborations and the community outreach and everything that we do. It's it's been incredibly important to me over the years to make that a priority.
1: I love that. You know, and, and I love that you're a conscious company that is making a difference in the world and making a profit. So that that's that's powerful. You must have made some mistakes along the way though. It couldn't have been all all easy for you.
4: Oh, absolutely. The mistakes were, were very generously spread about <laughs> and um, what, what it, was the biggest mistake <laughs> you ever made? I think probably the the mistakes that were the largest were the ones that potentially put the company into a a financial um, position of of a bit of dire straits where things got pretty tough. And I started the company with credit cards. And so i I got heavily into debt and um, you know, really committed everything to to making sure that the company, moved on down the road and and there were days that i took the very last credit card i had that had any money on it whatsoever did a cash advance check and took it to the bank in order to make payroll that friday wow. and so there were days like that my my family is a very classic middle-class family here in america we we don't have um, any uh, amount of wealth and so i had to do all of this on my own and um, well, I it,
1: want I want to explore your consciousness when we come back, and you know what it took to step into really playing to win. There was no playing to lose here; it no. was only a hundred percent in. I love that. Thank so you. Let's. Uh, we'll be right back, and we'll we'll be discussing that. Okay.
0: We'll be back with more. Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster.
2: Would you like to help someone in need to move from poverty to prosperity? Stars of Courage, a 501c3 nonprofit, is looking for established life coaches with experience in education and career mentorship to build confidence and create clear paths to success. Join our team of experienced coaches in a wide variety of fields, equipped with warm hearts, with a passion for lifting up those in need. Our Stars of Courage. Find out how you can make a difference at stars. StarsofCourage.org. That's StarsofCourage.org. Are you feeling
3: stuck or in a holding pattern
2: with your business or life and
3: you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time.
0: We're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting VoicesOfcourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster.
4: Whatever
1: So today our show is called The Courage to Explore the Power of Consciousness. Welcome back. Uh, we have in studio Dave Edwards. And before I talk to Dave, I just want to thank my audience right now. I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your feedback for the show. As you probably know, you can find us at VoicesOfCourage.us. All of our replays are there you want to go there, if you want to go on our Facebook, give us some likes, give us some comments, get us your feedback too. You know, if there's something that you'd like us to improve upon, let us know. Or if there's some topics that you want us to discuss, let us know. we really here to help you grow your business and grow your life. Again, Voices VoicesOfCourage.us. All righty. In studio with me is Dave Edwards. Dave uh, started a company from uh, his uh, credit cards and his back wallet to uh, fifteen million plus in sales, and uh, we're talking about uh, some of the mistakes he made, and also um, how he was all in, committing to everything. Um, so, how did you do that? I mean, some people, you know, they they first hit some walls and blocks and stuff. Um, did you do it all alone? Did you have a team? How did you How did you overcome this? How did you get all in? I
4: actually did the majority of it alone, and. I I never gave up. Mm-hmm. And my my father's philosophy is is one that you mentioned today, which um, he has a sign above his his desk that's still sitting down in the basement of my parents' home and it says whatever it takes. Oh. And so that's been a longstanding motto of mine. <sighs> that's one of our core values of at Primal as well, yeah. is whatever it takes. And I, I never really gave up on thinking that tomorrow would be a better day, that things would ultimately succeed because of the fact that I, I was never going to give up, and I was very tenacious. I delved into projects myself and uh, just passionately drove through them and worked many, many seven-day weeks for years personally, to to make sure that I set everything up for success and then really uh, almost every day I thought I'm going to work hard enough to get one more employee on board wow. and be able to to make enough money to just get one more person that I can then pass some duty off to to allow me to to refocus on the other duties. And so that was really the motto of the day was one more person. And-
1: so you know, you in the first segment I talked about the three um, areas of mind, right? We talked about the wisdom, logic piece, the uh, intuitive feeling piece, and the willpower. When I'm sitting here with you in studio, I'm getting that you have all three of those pieces. You know, you got strong will, you're intuitive, you, you're making good choices along the way, and you you know, and you're using that wisdom and logic to figure out what needs to be uh, handled. Is
4: where did all that come from? Who are you? What is this? That's, that's, a, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I'm i a military um, child dependent, and so my father was in the Marine Corps for 20 years. We lived all over the country, bounced around. I went from school to school, even within the cities that we were living in. And so I, I had a bit of a difficult childhood with making friends, with any type of longstanding relationships and was actually incredibly introverted as a child. And so had very few friends and had trouble making friends, was unbelievably shy and um, you know, a bit of a hermit even as a child. And so with that, um, really everything changed once I got out of school. I went to a couple of years of uh, night school at college. But with the first jobs that I got and and really when I when I turned 16 or so, that was a big turning point in my life where everything changed. And all of a sudden I, I became a different person and I did become outgoing and made a lot of friends that um, that have been lifelong friends. And where, where did that change come from, Dave? What, how was that? You know, I, I really don't know that I can identify that. And, you know, for instance, I, I was always terrible at, the, at athletics. And for some reason uh, that I can't even remember, I went out for high school football as a sophomore in high school with no ability whatsoever to play football, no athletic prowess whatsoever. And that made a lot of change for me as well. And and looking back again, I, I don't know what made me do it. Now, I was scared to death to do it, but I did it. And that was one of my turning points as well in life. Do you are you still that way? I mean,
1: do you do you still go out and
4: approach things that are
1: kind of big and you're like, I'm not sure how this is going to happen, but I'm still I'm still moving in that direction? Is that part of who Dave is?
4: Oh, yes. I'm I'm still I'm still afraid yeah. on occasion, no doubt about it. And I think that, you know, if you're not afraid to do things in life, you're probably not living life to the fullest. And so, with business, there are certainly times that we, we move forward with things or um, try to try to come up with plans that that are a little bit scary with what we're doing. And one of the things I did in the past as well, just um, without really um, you know a lot of caution, was starting businesses within Europe. And so we we started a business in Assen, Netherlands. That lasted a couple of years and then uh, shut down. And then we had a business in Milan, Italy, for five years, which failed, and we shut that down. Then we moved to the U.K. We're in Plymouth now, and we're still going strong within the U.K. But at the end of the day, I'm certainly used to failing as well. And so kind of failing forward, that's part of part of your own growth. Yes, it? Yeah. absolutely. And so I'm, I've never been afraid to to go out and try things and take on ventures that... We're definitely, um, you know, a bit of the the wild uh, unknown, and and I've I've just done it, yeah. and fortunately, yeah. what, what what drives you? What is that? I think what drives me is that I I always want challenges. I always want things to. To really motivate me to, to be better myself and to help other people and the entire staff of Primal feels that. I think they, they all understand through our core values and through our mission and through everything that we do, I, I want the, the company experience to also be one for all of our employees that is a, a life changer for them. That's great. Can you describe some of the products that you make? Uh, what, are the, what are the key products right now? The primary products that we make are a cycling kit, and so that would be the jersey, the cycling jersey, and shorts or bibs that the general public sees people riding around the streets in. And so we're the biggest event supplier in the United States, and so we we work with the lion's share of the largest events in the country with provision of these products for them, for the riders that ride in the events. And that's really our primary wheelhouse is working with these events and then working with the teams and clubs that ride in those specific events. That's great.
1: And what's coming up for Primal? What's next for the company, next for Dave?
4: We just plan to continue to focus and that's been something that I think any and every company can can get off track with. And I think when things start to get tough at times you think, okay, we, we need to do a bunch of other things that that might potentially bring in some revenues or make things better. But at the end of the day, I think focus is everything. And we are incredibly good at what we do with making cycling apparel. So
1: I have a question for you, because I know my next guest is coming on, um, uh, Lynn uh, McTaggart. And she's going to be talking about consciousness. And she's going to be talking about... Um, working in group with Consciousness. Do you guys meet like on a regular basis where everybody aligns in the company and you set intention and you get really clear directions where you're going and and focused?
4: Yes, we absolutely do, and we've got a scheduled weekly management meeting that happens uh, every Tuesday. That's a set hour and a half, and we've got a set agenda within that management meeting, so it's very structured. We go over core values often. We've got monthly meetings with each employee and manager one-on-one, and so we make sure we pay a lot of attention to everyone in the company and make sure they know that we we value them. Okay, so Primalware.com is what we people can find you? Yes, P R I M A L W E A R A R P
1: R I M A L W E A R.com. Exactly. Primalware.com. Dave, it's been amazing having you on the show. You are an amazing conscious being who's out there not only making profit, but profiting others along the way. Thank you so much for being here. I'm honored that you're here, and I hope you'll come back.
4: Thank you for having me, Ken.
1: Thanks so much. We'll be right back. Uh, Coming up again is uh, my next guest. We're going to be exploring the depths of consciousness, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: We'll be back with more
2: Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Confidential consultation with Ken. His wisdom, guided methods, and unique strategies will bring you to new heights and break through obstacles. Visit KenDFoster.com to set up your free confidential consultation. It's time to achieve your dreams because you deserve a successful business and a balanced, happy life. Sound great? Find out how to make this happen. Visit KenDFoster.com. That's kendyfoster.com. KenDFoster.com. KenDfoster.com. We're
0: back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster.
1: All righty, we are back today. The show is entitled. The Courage to Explore the Power of Consciousness. I am so blessed today. I have Lynn McTaggart on the line right now. Lynn is an internationally renowned author of The Field and The Intention Experiment. Lynn joins us today to talk about her latest book, The Power of Eight. Uh, Lynn You describe it as being an accidental discovery about the healing power of altruism. What do you mean by that? And welcome.
5: (laughs) Thank you, Ken. It's great to be with you from London. Um, Well, I was a skeptic about the power of consciousness. I have a background as an investigative reporter. But after I wrote my book, The Field, which was all about discoveries, by frontier scientists that upend everything we think about how the world works, one thing that kept coming through from their work was the idea that thoughts are a thing that affects other things. So being... The skeptic that I am, I said, okay, I'm going to test this. I'm going to set up the biggest experiment in the world. So I worked with various, and I've worked with various scientists since 2007 to set up these giant intention experiments involving my readers, all sending the same thought to the same target at the same time. And we've run 33 of them to date, everything from trying to make water purified to making seeds grow faster to lowering violence in war-torn areas, to healing someone of PTSD. And of those 33 experiments, 29 have shown measurable positive effects. And these are all well-controlled studies examined by scientists. But in the process of doing that, which blew my mind, because I wasn't really sure it was going to work, um, I started thinking about scaling this down. What would happen if I put a small group together in a workshop? You know, would they start having healing effects? And I didn't know what was going to go on. I didn't know how to do it. <clears throat> so I was kicking it around with my, my husband and I said, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll just put people in groups of eight or something and have them send healing intention to a member of the group. And he's a good headline writer. He's another journalist. And he said, yeah, I love it. The power of eight. So ex- that's how it started. We thought it was going to be a feel-good effect, like, you know, getting a facial or having a right. back massage. Right. But right. that's not what happened. What we had happen was almost, from the start, extraordinary instantaneous instantaneous healing effects. So a woman in that first group in Chicago with cataracts said she was 80% better. Uh, We had somebody with lifelong migraines who suddenly had a clear head and somebody else who had terrible knee arthritis who was walking normally. And on and on and on that happened. And on and on and on that happened in the thousands of groups I've run since then. But for me, what was really scary about it was you know, I'm not a healer, I'm not anything like that. It was, first of all, scary that this was happening, and two, I didn't understand it. Mm. And it was only after looking at it for about 10 years that I got the courage to write about it and studying it from every angle. And one of the big, powerful pieces that I didn't get was the idea that when you get off of yourself and send intention for someone else, your life gets healed, and that is what happens over and over and over in the So that's
1: days. that's a that's a really big piece right there. And by the way, I want to, I want to say this. Last night I, uh, I really got into your book and you're uh, preparing for the show. I I was up till two in the morning reading this thing. This is uh, the power of eight uh, is a grabber because I and I'll tell you why. Um, for me. Um, I get, you know, I've been around the uh, the new age communities and the consciousness communities for a long time, and there's just a lot of woo-woo and a lot of fluff out there. And what what I was so intrigued by, by the power of eight, is that you have a lot of science behind it. You've did double-blind studies, you've done a lot of work around this, and people are healing, they're changing, and like you said, I thought that was the most fascinating thing. The people that are actually setting intention to help other people heal are healing along the way. I think that's just extraordinary. How is this happening?
5: Well, as I say, Ken, I mean, I didn't understand it and I was frightened by it. So I spent many years trying to study it. I looked at brain studies and intention studies and altruism studies. And there's a couple of things that are really going on here. It's it's intention, it's group effects, it's all kinds of things, but it's also altruism. Um, I was fascinated to look at some studies of of people doing for other people. And one of the most intriguing ones I found was a prayer study done by a psychologist who was also a priest who wanted to see whether or not prayer, which has been demonstrated to work for a lot of physical conditions, could also help with mental conditions. So we got 400 volunteers together, all of whom had clinical depression, divided them into two groups. One group were going to do the prayer for the other group, and the other pr- group were going to receive the prayer. So, and then he did all of these psychological parameters after they gave the prayer to see what had happened. And he found that the people who got the prayer were better. They were getting better, but not anywhere near as, as better as the people who had done the praying. So that was really fascinating to me, and I've I've found loads of studies. I mean, altruism is like a bulletproof vest. We don't really get this, but people who do for others, even in a small way, are healthier, happier, and live longer than other people. It's extraordinary. And I certainly saw this in my Power of Eight groups. I mean, while I've been studying this, one thing I did in 2015 was get together 250 people And I taught them for about six weeks on teleseminars and then studied them for a whole year, had them meet in groups for a year. And I observed them and monitored everything from their health to their relationships, to their career and finances, to their life's purpose. And for those people who met regularly every week, week on week or most weeks, pretty much 100% of them had major life changes. But here was the interesting piece that comes back to altruism. Some didn't. And when I started drilling down, um, we had one woman, Andy, who just, she was trying to get a new job. She was getting divorced. She had small kids. She was very able, very talented coach, marketing person. She couldn't get a job. Nowhere. And so finally, I was tired of hearing this. So I just said there, Andy, get off of yourself. And so I started asking her, as well as the others, to start intending for a young boy of 15 who had broken up with his first serious girlfriend. We'd heard about this from his father-in-law, I mean, his, his stepfather. Um, and uh, he, in a fit of adolescent angst, he threw himself off a 40-foot structure onto hard ground, and he broke everything. Luke broke everything, and the doctors didn't even think he was going to live. So Andy was among those who started sending weekly healing intention for Luke. Now, A, Luke got, got out of the hospital in record time, and it's all better, which was interesting, but <laughs> Probably not as interesting as what happened to Andy. As soon as Andy started focusing on Luke, literally the next week, she gets a call out of nowhere from someone offering her her dream job.
1: That's interesting. Wow,
5: you know, and it happened over and over and over Ken. Right. It was amazing.
1: Well, you know, um, I got to take a break, but when I come back, I want to ask you if people have to hold certain types of beliefs to be able to be in a, uh, you know, in a healing circle or set intention for certain people. You know, if you don't have the right belief, does it change? Does it matter? What have you? So we'll be right back. And we'll talk about that. We'll be back with more Voices
0: of Courage with Ken D Foster.
3: Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit the thecouragetochangeeverything.com. That's the thecouragetochangeeverything.com.
0: We're back with Voices of Courage. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. Whatever
1: takes, I love well, you're listening to an amazing show today. And on the line right now, I have uh, Lynn McTaggart. And she has written uh, several books. Her latest book is called The Power of Eight. I'm going to be talking with her in just a second, but I want to mention to everybody, I have an event coming up here in San Diego. It's called Limitless 2019. If you're a business owner or an entrepreneur and you're going to make 2019 your greatest year, this workshop will deliver insights and strategies and wisdom to drive your business to the next level. How do I know that? Well, I've been doing this for many years, and I watch people walk out of my workshops time and time again. And quite frankly, their business has changed. They change. They change, and as a result of that, their business has changed. So it's coming up in San Diego January 19th. It's at a place called Morgan Run Country Club. Tickets right now are online. You can get them at kendefoster.com forward slash limitless, Ken Foster forward slash limitless. And I hope to see you there. Okay, Lynn, my goodness, I have so many questions for you. We're talking about uh, the uh, power of consciousness. And we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, how people are healing from setting intention. And I asked you, you, do they have to have certain beliefs to be able to do this?
5: Well, I was just talking about Luke, that young boy who threw himself off of oh, uh, right. the forty-foot structure and tried to commit suicide. Uh, we did a healing um, vigil for him over three weeks, and as I say, the doctors didn't even think he was going to live. He got out of the hospital in record time, and you know, maybe it was good doctoring, maybe it was our intention, our collective intention. But here's what I know. It wasn't um, belief because, you know, Luke, like most 15-year-olds, thought his parents' belief in the power of intention was stupid. Mm. So so belief didn't matter. And we've had situations where we've had healing groups where people have, our power of eight groups have sent intention to babies, to fetuses, to people who are unconscious. And it worked or it seemed to work. So... Um, I don't think belief matters, although I think it helps, definitely.
1: Okay. So, you know, in the book, The uh, Power of Eight, you tie in the power of prayer from the Bible as well as meditative practices like transcendental meditation. Um, what do these types of things have in common with healing? What What is this?
5: Well, I wanted to find a precedent because I thought when this happened, where I discovered this group, intention effect, somebody had to have thought of this before me. And I was really fascinated to find in the Bible, you know, I was looking through esoteric practices, speaking to experts in every regard, and I found a little-known sermon by a Baptist Uh, minister, who said that there'd been a mistranslation in the Bible in the Acts, the part where the apostles are setting up the church supposedly based on Jesus' instructions, and at this point he has ascended, he's died, etc. Um, And it talked about the apostles saying uh, that in the King James Version, they had to pray with one accord. Now, that's a very anemic phrase, said this uh, minister, Based on the original, um, when it was in the Hellenic Greek, it was a word homothumadon to describe how they prayed, which is an adverb that means passionately and with one voice, almost like a musical term. Think of a Beethoven symphony where all those individual instruments are coming together like a collective sound. So this was fascinating to me because through the Acts, it says that Jesus said to them, Pray like this, and you will heal, and you will be healed. And I went, wow, maybe the whole idea, and he always said, you must pray together in a group. And when they first formed the church, they had 120 people, and they were all praying at the same time, all the same thing. So maybe there was some big significance in group prayer, all praying with the same thought at the same time, even The group of 12, this could have been the power of 12. Right, right. Um, With the apostles. Um, And then um, other aspects of it, I mean, with meditation, what, what was really interesting to me, we did brainwave studies on this. And me and the neuroscientists from Life University, largest chiropractic university, thought we were going to see very similar brainwave signatures to meditation. It wasn't like that at all. What was fascinating is we, we got student volunteers from LifeU to be part of a batch of groups. We had seven of them, and we put EEG caps on them. And we found that very soon after they started, their brains went into a particular signature where there was a quieting of the parts of the brain, the parietal lobes, that make us uh, distinguish self from not-self and also the parts of the brain that make us involved in worry, doubt, negativity. They were all turned way down. These were brainwave signatures, not of meditation, but almost identical to the kind of signatures that have been recorded on uh, Sufi masters, getting involved in ex- in chanting or buddhist monks involved in ecstatic prayer so so in is there words-
1: uh, that, that's amazing so let me ask you this is there certain protocols that have to be set up before that uh, you know in the power of eight groups before this uh, I- this uh, effect takes place
5: Yes, and I detail them in great detail in my book, The Power of Eight. Um, you know, certain kinds of ways of, of doing it together, as I've practiced over the year, years, you know, you have to all make a connection. That can be a virtual connection. It doesn't have to be in person. You can be, uh, you know, on Skype or whatever, and it still works. You have to all think the same thought at the same time. And one of the key pieces that I teach is how to language that. And one of the big important things is being very specific. A lot of people erroneously think that we should be very general and let the universe decide, but that's not intention. That's, that's in a sense, almost like prayer. It's almost like saying, Thy will be done. Mm. You decide, mm. but we're not really asking. Them. This is a request this group is making, so you need to tell the universe what you want. But yeah, there are times and places, but the key piece here is unlike so many other modalities, you know, what I concluded is, you know, you don't need sweat lodges. You don't need years of discipline practice or ayahuasca. You know, all you need is a group and it's these brainwave signatures demonstrate a state of ecstatic oneness, and this group effect is like a passport, a fast track to the miraculous.
1: That's awesome. Let me ask you this, because we're running out of time. Um, first of all, your website. Where can we, uh, where can we uh, find the book?
5: Okay, it's it's the book is being sold on Amazon and all major booksellers. You can check me out, my intention experiments, my workshops, my master classes. I'm doing a year long one that is about to start in in February. Um, at LynnMcTaggart com.
1: Okay, and also the book is "The Power of Eight: Harnessing the Miraculous Energies of a Small Group to Heal Others, Your Life, and the World." So, Lynn, how can people start a Power of Eight group in their own community? And you got to make it quick. You know, I got a half minute.
5: Sure. Okay. They can either put an advert, uh, an advertisement up, and say their local Whole Foods, or they can join my website and get onto my forum, and just we have. Uh, people who are meeting in their time zones and they can just join that group or or advertise to set up one themselves i
1: love that lynn uh it was way too quick i'd love to have you back on uh, the show i'll be contacting michelle to see if she can set that up hopefully you'll say yes and thank you i really appreciate
5: you being a it's been a pleasure thanks so much ken thanks so much and i'd love to
1: okay thank you lynn You know, we're always interested in what you have to say. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or send us your questions and comments to viewer at VoicesOfCourage.us. Also, you can find the recording of this show and all our replays on VoicesOfCourage.us. Until next time, live courageously and see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. Thanks for joining us for
0: Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. Be sure to join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. as Ken brings more stories of courage that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. This has been Voices of Courage with
2: Ken D. Foster.